well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us on the program today, and uh, we have some good news to announce. Yes, DC Project member Kathleen Gilligan uh, and her project Sentinel has received a $1 million grant from the VA as part of their $20 million Mission Daybreak Grand Challenge to reduce veteran suicides. There were 1,300 submissions. Various nonprofits, uh, organizations, individuals uh, who had put together solutions to reduce veteran suicide. There were two uh, first place prize winners who will receive a $3 million grant. Then there are three second place winners that will receive a million dollar grant apiece. And then there are five third place winners that will each get $500,000. Well, Kathleen Gilligan's program, Sentinel, which is a mobile app that's designed to reduce veteran suicide by uh, encouraging not only storage of firearms, but encouraging and fostering a community of veterans who care about each other, um, received a million dollar grant. And this is incredible news. Uh, and I'm very pleased that I had the opportunity to sit down with Kathleen uh, recently to talk about uh, this program, what it's designed to do, how it comports with her support for the right to keep and bear arms, and why this is such a important project for her personally. Take a look and a listen. Kathleen, thank you so much for coming on Cam and Company today. It's really good to get a chance to talk with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Cam. Absolutely, and this is um, this is amazing news about the uh, the grant that uh, you've received for the Sentinel program. And I want to talk about what this is designed to do and how it works. But before we start there, before we get to that, let, let's let's go back to the beginning. What made you decide to uh, to to try to put something like this together? Right. So in 2012, I lost my 14-year-old son to a firearm suicide. And a few years later, we lost his father, um, who was a veteran. He also ended his life with a firearm. He had become severely disabled. But because of these things, um, you know, I started working in suicide prevention about a year after I lost my son. And um, that quickly led me to working with veterans. Um, one of the, I started working with a group called Forefront Suicide Prevention out of the University of Washington. And they have an incredible uh, program led by a Marine Corps veteran. And um, one of the things we did was we would take um, a booth to gun shows and we would say, hey, we're here to talk about suicide and mental health and you know your second amendment rights. and how to be safe with your firearms. So safe storage, right? And it turned out, you know, um, that program was also, we were partnered with the Second Amendment Foundation here in Washington state. So the very first time we went to a gun show, we were thinking what is gonna happen, right? Well, an amazing thing happened. We had veterans, mostly veterans lined up, just lined up waiting to talk to us, wanting to talk about veteran suicide, wanting to talk about uh, firearm safety, wanting to talk about safe storage and how suicide prevention is tied to safe storage. So, you know, that's really where it all started. And 
year after year as I would go to these gun shows and meet the veterans, um, I just thought, wow, you know, we have so much work to do. And they were so grateful for the interaction, um, you know, that we were open to talking about mental health. We were open to talk about firearm suicides. And especially here in Washington state, you know, 80% of our gun deaths are suicides. And we know that that's also, unfortunately, the method of choice for veterans. So um, that's really the backstory. Um, I can tell you how the idea for Sentinel came about. Yeah, please do. Yeah. So I've done a lot of legislative action work around, you know, the intersection of Second Amendment rights and suicide prevention. And I was down at the the governor's mansion one day and there was a young vet who started telling his own story. And he said, you know, he said, I was sitting at my kitchen table with my pistol in my hand when a friend just happened to call and broke that that suicidal you know ideation that he was having and right away i thought what if that friend knew when to call you know because that was a random call from his friend and i started thinking how could we tie you know firearms storage to suicide prevention and that's really where the idea for sentinel came in because what it does is it taps into that that veteran you know need to protect each other um the strong veteran you know associations they usually have with each other you know the kind of got your six sort of thing and and um what it does is we tie uh safe storage of firearms into a safety team of trusted you know fellow veterans family friends um and what we it allows sentinels allows real-time alerts um whenever a firearm is unlocked if it's connected to the sentinel system you can choose to let your buddies know I'm unlocking my firearm, right? And so um, that could be anything from I'm unlocking it because, you know, I'm going to go to the range. I'm unlocking it because I'm having a break-in. I'm unlocking it because I'm feeling suicidal and I want to end my life. And so we have so many features within the program. Um, It's completely customizable by the veteran. um, And I can you know, I can kind of go through the different levels of what it can do, but that's the basic gist. We tie the strong veteran connections um, to safe storage and suicide prevention. You know, Kelly, it seems like this is the the exact opposite of this sort of one size fits all mandate that we see when legislation gets introduced, right? And you have to store your firearm in this way, and it doesn't matter where your circumstances are. You must do this, or it's a crime. Um, this this you know the, the 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 sort of you know voluntary effort the the building of a community um of you know individuals with, with who are already in these veterans lives it sounds like in, in many circumstances right right I, I think you know that's a far better and far stronger um bond I think that's harder to break right because now you're you're not just it's not about violating a law or an ordinance that's hardly unenforceable, right? Now it's right. well, what is this going to do to my friends? What 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 you know, can I reach out? And knowing that you have somebody to reach out to, I would think would it just seems like this is a, a far more um all-encompassing uh way to address suicidal ideation than slapping another law on the books and considering the problem solved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. 
we don't need any more laws. We know that, right? I mean, I'm a Second Amendment protector. I believe that. I'm the Washington State uh, Director for the DC Project, which is Women for Gun Rights. But what we all recognize is that, um, you know, veterans know that a firearm is going to work. If they want to end their life, they know that that's what's going to work, right? So we have to say, we know that vets love their firearms. You know, we know that we should have them. We know that they can do a lot of good for us, including protecting our homes. But just being able to blow up that conversation and say, look, let's just be real about it. Let's talk about veteran suicide and what it means when you have a firearm in your home. And then let's, that, let's let them decide, you know, with their trusted peers or family or fellow vets, how they want to be safe. I mean, that's really the, the crux of, of my project is, um, you know, one of the things we offer is we really would like anybody that's using the app to take a basic, you know, suicide education class, which we will offer within the app. It's only an hour long, but it'll tell you, you know, what to do if your friend does unlock one of their firearms that's on the system at 2 a.m. and you get an alert and go, I better check in. I better give them a call. Why are they opening, you know? open it up that firearm now um, and then be able to support each other. And honestly, just, just having that conversation about the reality of suicide is protective against suicide, right? Because that's the hardest conversation I think just about anybody can have. There's no, in my opinion, there's no more difficult conversation to have than saying, are you feeling suicidal? You know, are you going to use your gun against yourself? Right. I mean, that alone is protective. That yeah. connection is protective against suicide. So we, yeah. I tried to think of everything um, and there's, and I put it all into Sentinel. And then of course we, we ran it by veterans <laughs> and they gave us lots of feedback. So we did quite a few modifications between the final um, submission for the contest. So. So, so what will this million dollar grant mean for, for Sentinel? What, 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 what will you be using this money to do? Well, we have a lot of programming to do. Um, I do have a, a business partner. Um, he's an old friend. He's a programmer. Um, he knew both my son and my son's father, and uh, he helped develop the idea. But it's going to take quite a bit of money to fully develop it um, and, you know, have it beta tested. You know, we, we want we want continuous feedback from veterans. And then, um, you know, there'll be hosting of it because it'll take um, you know, management to, to have the app going. And, um, one of the really cool parts, so I, we've already talked to quite a few veteran nonprofits, uh, part of our contest submission, it included, um, like holdmyguns.org, for example, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the highest level of protection from Sentinel. If you are saying I'm really not safe with my firearms, you know, you'll be able to connect with them right on our app and say, Hey, we we would like you to safely and legally hold our firearms with no, um, you know, they I, I can't really speak for them, but the way that they do it is a way that's very respectful of the veteran and um, your Second Amendment rights. So um, that's one of the things we built in. The other thing we built in, you know, some of the feedback we got from veterans was that they're very vulnerable at time of separation, right, when they're leaving the military. And I started to think a lot of this happened in the middle of the night. My ideas came to me. I kept a pad next to my bed. I thought, you know, what can we do for them during that time to support them? And I thought, let's let's have a place. 
uh, and my friend Kenny, who's a veteran, said kind of like a virtual VFW. He coined that term. And it's going to be called the Veteran Network, right? And so what we want to do is precede that with veterans who want to serve others, who are willing to be sitting there in that veteran network, um, who know a little bit, have some of this suicide prevention training. And let's say, you know, you're a young man or woman who's being discharged and faced with, I don't have a job. I'm not sure I have training for the real world. I might have to go live in my mom's basement, you know, and instead they can get on the veteran network and they can find somebody in the area who says, hey, you know, I'll meet you for a cup of coffee and lunch and let's, I can help you maybe find a job. I, you know, and so that kind of peer to peer connection, I'm super excited that we can offer that within the app. That's huge, you know, because again, I mean, part, I, 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 you know, this is something that I, 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 I think about quite a bit, and I, I think that one of the things that is is useful as a, a preventative measure is resilience, right? And when you mm-hmm. can see a light at the end of the tunnel, even if it's far away, but you can still see that speck of light in the distance, right? I think it makes it easier to go through. The, the tough times. And again, when you talk about, you know, getting out of the military and all of a sudden your world is completely changed, right? That's a stressor event, right? Right. Um, right. But but even something as simple as, you know, we don't think of networking as a suicide prevention tool, but it absolutely is because, again, you're building that community. You've got people who you can re- reach out to when you need help, whether it's finding a job, whether it's finding somebody who will listen to you vent for, you know, right. an hour, right? right? That's, that's extremely important. And so I think that's brilliant that you've included that um, mm. in this app. That, that's fantastic. Thank you. I mean, we, we call it Sentinel connect to protect mm-hmm. because, you know, there's a theory of suicide that pain and hopelessness drive suicide and that connection is protective. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. And We would actually, so I have two nephews that are both active duty officers, one in the Navy, one in the Army. And they said, we kind of want this now, you know, for officers. And and I thought, wow, what great feedback. But, you know, one of the things I talked to the VA about was Sentinel should be part of, you know, your, your package when you're leaving, right? Like, let's get them going ahead of time, long before you might be suicidal. And make sure you have a good support network and make sure you're thinking about firearm safety. and that you know about your risk of suicide having that firearm in your home. Um, so I can really, I can really see it plus expanding to other groups, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, to active duty officers like my nephews want. So. Absolutely, law enforcement. I mean, there, there, there's no reason why this can't be adapted to to other communities. Um, but I'm, I'm again, I'm very excited to see what you're able to do with this going forward. This is such an important topic. Uh, and, you know, again, it's it's easy to talk about statistics, but we're talking about sons and daughters. We're talking about absolutely. husbands and wives and mothers and fathers, right? We're talking about families that are absolutely devastated um, when somebody takes their own life. And, you know, just because I think gun owners get a bad rap, Kathleen, because because we support the Second Amendment, automatically it's presumed that, well, we don't care about those people. Right. We don't care about. No, uh, no. I mean, and, and but that's yeah. obviously that's not the case. I mean, again, we have you have been personally impacted by this. A lot of gun owners uh, have been as well. Uh, the folks behind Hold My Guns and Walk the Talk America. All of us have these sort of personal experiences. Um, and I think many of us as gun owners know somebody who has taken their own life, whether it was with a firearm or not. So it's not a matter right. of us not caring. 
Not it's at a matter all. Of, no. of doing what is most effective to save right. as many of these lives as right. possible. And to keep, frankly, you know, it sounds like your program in Sindel has the opportunity, ideally, to help people from reaching a point of crisis to begin with. It does. It does. And um, I should also clarify, like, it's going to increase overall home safety also, because, you know, some of the feedback we got, a lot of veterans don't like electronic locking devices. So I started to think, well, you know, what else could we do to keep this safety team, you know, notified of what's happening with each other's firearms if they choose? So remember, a veteran can choose any level of involvement with their trusted safety team that they want. Um, but we thought, well, you know, they don't they don't really like electronic locking devices so much. So I thought, what if we develop some sensors that could go simply go on your gun cases or let's say your floor safe? That wasn't a locking device, but just alerted the app. So, you know, it's not an electronic lock. It's simply just like those little sensors that are on your windows for your home ring system or something like that. So the veterans started to say, well, yeah, I, I want to know if somebody else has opened my floor safe. So let's say they just have our Sentinel sensors on their floor safe. And, you know, we actually talked about this as one of the judges at the contest in VA. He said, in VA, uh, in DC rather, he said, I have teenagers at home. And he said, I have some glass, you know, display cases. And he said, you're telling me if I'm out in the garage working on my car, that I could get a notification if one of my kids opened a glass display case? I said, you sure can. So, you know, really for overall home safety, this is going to be incredible, right? Because yeah. I also volunteer with kids, uh, training kids in, in firearm safety, right? And we know that kids grab guns or whatever. So there are just so many different ways to use this. And I'm sure as we fully develop it, we will continue to get more feedback. Um, you know, I'd love to even be able to do it on your locking devices in your car. Let's say, you know, we all are supposed to lock up our guns when in certain places, you know, if where guns aren't allowed. So if you're leaving your firearm locked in a lockbox under your front seat, well, what if somebody gets in there? You're going to be in the store and go, hey, I just got a notification my lockbox opened. So I just see endless ways to use this. I'm really excited about it. It's it's the culmination of, you know, over a decade of thinking about this after losing my young son. So, And, you know, the fact that you have taken that tragedy and you are trying to help others avoid um, living what you and your family have, have lived through for the past decade. Kathleen, I, I admire you so much for doing that. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you a, probably the toughest question I'll ask you this interview. Okay. Do you get any pushback from gun owners? And what does that pushback look like? Do, are there people who say, well, listen, this is still voluntary gun control, but it's still gun control, Kathleen. Do you get any objections? Or are, are most gun owners, when they hear about this, are most of them on board they are they're pretty much on board um and you know none of us want to see anybody die by suicide or die you know accidentally with a firearm right i mean yeah. nobody wants that and so most of them are on board um and because of we we got a little bit of that feedback like i would never do that and i said well what would you do you know do you want to use sentinel just to you know have our sensors and you know, let yourself or maybe your wife or partner know if your firearms get accessed. You don't have to lock them, you know, but 
And they were like, yeah, we would. We would use, most of them would use some variation. So, um, so yeah, I haven't really gotten pushback. I, I think my experience is known and respected. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, I've helped pass, I believe it's nine bills that are pro 2A, uh, pro suicide prevention education. It's really unique here in Washington state. So um, I've really thought of everything and I've, I've tried to be sensitive and, and listen. And, and um, I've had some of the, the toughest vets come up to me at gun shows and you know tell me things like well my kid would never be stupid to access my guns and they would never take their life and you know i tell them stuff like well you know you're the one who's most likely to use that firearm against yourself if you get in trouble you know if you get into a suicidal ideation so i i think i've tried to cover it all all the bases and and really think about everybody's input fantastic um all right so is is the Sentinel app, is it available for beta test? When, when do you expect veterans to be able to get access to this? Or when are you well, hoping, you know, I should we, say? Now, right. Now that, now that we've won this substantial money, it's going to allow us to finally make it come true. And we're going to work as fast and as hard as we can. Um, you know, we've got quite a few people interested, some veteran nonprofits. I mean, in my, in my mind, that's kind of where it should live. It should probably live within a well-established veteran nonprofit. Um, but we're excited. We're excited to do it and um, can't wait to get the, the feedback, even if it might be grumpy. It's all been useful. Um, one thing I do want to tell you, one, one last feature of Sentinel that I'm actually most excited about. Um, we do have an emergency lockout, right? So let's say if you are a veteran and you're just feeling that you have, you know, multiple stressors and you're feeling that suicidal ideation, you can actually you know, hit a button on the app that locks all of your firearms for, you know, anywhere from 30 minutes to however many hours, you know, you and your safety team have agreed on. So if you hit that button and your buddies, you know, your safety team gets a notification that you have hit the emergency lockout, to me, that's just going to be, that's the most life-saving thing. That's the most life-saving part of the app. You know, your, your safety team's going to go, wow, you know, he hit that lockout button. We better call him or get over there and find out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, again, one of the things that I, I really like about this is that you're using technology, but you're not using technology to replace the human connection. You're using technology to aid the human connection. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that is so critically important because it really is that human connection. I think that it is the, the the best way uh for us to prevent suicides it's not going to happen from you know ai uh it's not going to happen from some you know neural network you you need that if not face to face you at least need to know that there's another human being with a heartbeat that you're talking to who cares about you um, right and that's what this does yeah absolutely that that's a great that's a great point and you know one of the things i thought of while i was uh working on it was i thought what if you are a veteran that's pretty lonely to begin with and you don't have anybody to be on your safety team and that's just going to make you feel worse. And so that's why within that veteran network, we are going to have people that are willing to be uh, safety team members, you know, and and step up and say, sure, I'll, I'll help you. I'll be on your notification list or I'll help you find somebody that's trustworthy and nearby. Um, so again, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces to figure out, but our ideas are there and the support is there. and 
um, the enthusiasm is there. Well, we're going to have you back because I want to keep covering uh, the development of the app. And, and again, congratulations. Uh, this is just excellent news. And um, I, I'm so glad that the Second Amendment community has you as an activist and an advocate. Kathleen, thank you for everything that you do. Oh, thank you so much, Cam. I really enjoyed talking to you today. Me too. Let's do it again soon. <laughs> All right. Great. Thank you. Well, congratulations again to Kathleen Gilligan. And I got to say, um, that was the first time that I've had the chance to talk with Kathleen. She is, I can already tell you, she's an amazing woman uh, and a, uh, a fantastic ally uh, in our fight, not only uh, to protect the right to keep and bear arms, but again, to save lives, to look out for each other. Uh, and that is one of the things that I, I think I'm most impressed and excited about, about the Sentinel program, is that this isn't some top-down solution. It's not somebody wagging their fingers at you. Right. This really is about peer to peer support. It's about for, forging those connections, creating that community of like minded individuals who care about each other, who can look out for each other. Uh, and I wish Kathleen all the success with Sentinel. We're going to keep talking about this and talking to Kathleen uh, in the uh, weeks and months ahead. Right now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We will uh, start there with a story out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania where a 14-year-old already on probation yeah, is now accused of murdering a teenager. Police say the uh, 14-year-old in question uh, shed his GPS ankle monitor, apparently without anybody being alerted to that fact. 14-year-old Nigel Thompson charged with criminal homicide and three weapons counts in the Allegheny County Jail. It was uh, just after 10 o'clock Monday night. Police responded to reports of a shooting in the Carrick neighborhood. A uh, 17-year-old, identified as Devontae Herrick, or Hardrick rather, suffered a gunshot wound to the head, died of the scene about nine minutes after uh, police received that uh, that call about the shooting. Uh, detectives say that police developed investigative leads identifying the 14-year-old as a potential suspect. At the time of the shooting, they learned that he was wearing a, a GPS monitor device was being monitored by the uh, Allegheny County Juvenile Probation. Uh, according to uh, evidence, over the course of 14 minutes, the 14-year-old left his home at uh, 9.51 p.m., went to the location of the shooting, was there from 9.58 to 9.59, and then returned home between 10.05 and 10.12 p.m. Um, surveillance video shows an individual walking westbound uh, on the uh, street nearby uh, within the, uh, quote, lane of travel to the homicide scene. During a search of the 14-year-old's home, they found the GPS monitor device, which they say that the teen had removed from the ankle after the shooting. Uh, police also found video from the home that depicted an individual, quote, whose appearance is consistent with the individual depicted on camera leading to the shoot. And they also had eyewitness accounts that uh, pointed to uh, the 14-year-old as a suspect. Now, we don't know what the underlying juvenile charge was that uh, placed Thompson on probation. And uh, GPS monitoring. Uh, but again, we do know that while the monitoring may have um, helped police determine where the suspect was at any given time, uh, it certainly did not prevent the 14-year-old from leaving his home, according to the GPS device, and uh, at least being in the area where that shooting took place when the shooting took place. We'll keep our eyes on the story. We'll try to bring you any more details as they become available. Meanwhile, today's Armed Citizen story from Florida. wrote about this at Bearing Arms earlier today, but, you know, it's worth talking about uh, here on the show as well. A 67-year-old woman 
Woke up at 3.30 in the morning to the sound of somebody banging on her front door trying to get in. She thought it might have been her husband, who she said works late hours and works odd hours, but she grabbed her gun just to be safe. And then a 64-year-old guy bursts through her door, armed with a revolver. Turns out the man lives about a half mile away uh, from the woman in question. Police don't know why he picked her home, but they had been in the area. They'd received several 911 calls from his house, uh, both him and a woman inside the home making uh, repeated calls to 911, uh, calls that police described as erratic, uh, saying that uh, someone was, uh, multiple individuals apparently were, uh, were, 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 you know, coming for him, were looking for him. And at one point, the uh, woman said that he had grabbed a gun and then ran out into the darkness. Police responded. They actually were looking in the area for the guy, but they couldn't find him. Again, until he broke into this 67-year-old woman's home. She was there inside the house with her 90-year-old mother, who suffers from Alzheimer's. And the woman says she repeatedly told the man to leave, get out. But when he started to raise the revolver, which she believed was cocked, she was in fear for her life. And she pulled the trigger of her own firearm, shooting and ultimately killing that intruder. The uh, Sheriff's Office, uh, local sheriff's office, Putnam County, uh, Gator DeLoach is the uh, sheriff there in uh, Putnam County, said that uh, she had every right to defend herself. Uh, And in fact, he said, uh, quote, if it were not for the woman's foresight to arm herself, the outcome could have been much graver. He said it's unfortunate that the uh, suspect here was struggling with some apparently profound issues and posed a deadly threat to the victim and her family. But he said, I'm grateful that her decisive action stopped the threat and eliminated the risk of further loss of life, making her entire neighborhood safer. It does sound like this is a tragic story. Neighbors have described this guy as being very kind, very generous, apparently lived in the area for about 10 years, never had a problem. Uh, The woman who uh, was in his home and called 911 had said she, she thought he might be on something. Uh, but it's got to take an autopsy and toxicology test to uh, to see if that was the case. Again, as tragic as the situation was, it would have been far worse had he actually harmed the uh, homeowner or her mom. And uh, like the sheriff, I, too, am very grateful that uh, her actions stopped the threat and eliminated the risk of further loss of life. Finally, today, our uh, good deed of the day. In the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Another terrifying situation, this time in Houston, Texas, where a mom who had just picked up her kids and was stopping at a gas station just to fill up was the victim of a carjacker. Yeah, a guy runs up, gets in her car while it's at the pump, and then takes off with her two kids inside the vehicle. Um, the mom, who asked to remain anonymous, is thanking a FedEx employee for rescuing her two young sons. She had a six-month-old in the car, had just picked up her six-year-old son who has autism from school when she stopped for gas. She said, I, I can't even explain what I felt. It was just pure terror. There was an uh, individual nearby who heard her screaming and said, get in my car. Come on, let's go try to follow them. And they did. They, they tried, but they lost the carjacker. She didn't know where her kids were. Uh, as it turns out, This FedEx guy spotted the two kids who apparently had just been tossed out of the car. They were covered in mud. And he saw these two boys 
And he, I guess, picked up the car seat, held on to the hand of the six-year-old. They walked to uh, a nearby school where they called 911. And police were able to reunite the family shortly after that. Uh, the suspect, however, still has not been caught. She says, I want him held accountable to the highest extent. I want him to remember, just as my son will remember his face. I want him to remember my son telling him, I want my mommy. I want my mommy. I want him to feel the sadness. I want him to feel angry at himself. I want him to feel everything. Because for what? Just a joyride? She said the car was ditched. It's been recovered. He stole everything in it, down to the kid's car seat, she says. And yeah, I... I, I Completely understand her anger. I completely understand wanting to see justice done here. And I hope that that is the case. But at the very least, I'm also glad that she has a little room in her heart uh, for uh, appreciation and love for the uh, individuals, the strangers, again, who stepped in. Just seeing that something was wrong, seeing that action needed to be taken. They were literally in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. And because of that, well, the suspect may still be outstanding. Your family was reunited. And we thank the uh, driver of that SUV who drove mom around. We thank that FedEx driver who saw these two kids covered in mud and said, I got to do something about this. Thank them for their very good deeds. And again, let's hope that justice is done here very soon. Now, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Looking forward to being back with you on Monday. Um, again, my sincere appreciation to Kathleen Gilligan for joining me on the show today. And I wish her the very best of luck in uh, implementing the Sentinel program. Um, this is such, again, an important topic. And I'm so glad to see that uh, we've got folks who are really working to make a difference here. Not by trying to ban our way to safety or criminalize the exercise of a constitutional right. But again, by forging those connections that make us more resilient, that make us stronger, that in some cases help us live to see another day. So thank you, Kathleen. And I hope that uh, every veteran out there is benefiting and will soon benefit from the Sentinel program. All right. We'll see you back here on Monday. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.